This is Lake Effect from 89.7 WUWM Milwaukee Public Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Bonnie North. And I'm Mitch Tyke. We are at the Wisconsin State Fair in West Allis this morning recording our show on the We Energy's Energy Park stage. As delicious as they are, we are not actually here for the cream puffs. Not at this early point in the show, anyway. We'll hear a bit about them later. We're actually here because all summer Lake Effect has been showcasing agriculture in Wisconsin in our series called Full Plate. We have talked about bees. We've heard about efforts to grow rice here in Wisconsin. We've learned about the dairy industry, farmers markets, and grocery store trends. And we'll have many more stories to come as the harvest approaches. The Wisconsin State Fair celebrates Wisconsin's agricultural heritage, past, present, and future, and the fair itself is where we will start this morning. Our guest Kyle Cherick is a regular commentator and contributor to Lake Effect about all things food related. You'll also know him as the host of the award-winning show on PBS, Wisconsin Foodie. Kyle, thank you so much for getting us started this morning. Good morning and, and happy State Fair. I don't know what the salutation <laughs> is, but... Uh, welcome to the State Fair yeah, anyway. Yeah, welcome to the State, the Wisconsin State Fair, the greatest State Fair. Our State Fair is a great State Fair. It's, I think it's the greatest. It's the best. Yeah. The best state fair, and that's where we're going to start with a little history of the state fair. When did it start and why? Right, so 1851, not in Milwaukee or West Allis as we know it now, uh, where it's headquartered. It started in Janesville, Wisconsin, and we think of the state fair of being 11 days in August, and that's the tradition, lay out your clothes, make your summer plans. The original state fair was in October, and it was only two days took up uh, a whole bunch of acres, just a vast six acres. <laughs> and uh, In October, this, this was harvest time. Yeah, exactly. Well, they couldn't do it in August because the farmers needed to be in the field. So just after harvest time or at the very cusp so that folks could come. And it was really a, uh, it was really a membership drive by the Wisconsin Agricultural Society to get more members. So they just wanted farmers to join the Correct. association. Okay. Correct, yeah. Bring that institutional knowledge together and then show off a little bit the longest uh, row you could plow literally and you know poles and so on and so forth. The tilt-a-whirl had not yet been invented. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it had, I mean, maybe they were rocking it at Coney Island, but in Janesville they were taking a pass on that. Yeah, no question. Um, and from there, the fair traveled around the state for 41 years. Um, locations like Fond du Lac and Madison and Milwaukee and so on and so forth. Madison actually had it the most in those 41 years. But get this, that first year, historians put the f number of folks that showed up from 13,000 to 18,000 in 1851 for the Wisconsin State Fair. In 1858, when Lincoln was debating Douglas for the senatorial seat for Illinois, and he would lose but then go on to win the presidency, so not too bad, Anyway, his first debate in Ottawa, Illinois, another small town, on a river, only about 12,000 people show up. So more to the fair. Yeah, so that tells you the power of, well, <laughs> cr not cream puffs yet, but I mean, <laughs> of a state fair. Okay, so you mentioned Lincoln, and I gather there is a Lincoln connection to the Wisconsin State There's Fair. There's a really great Lincoln connection. So in 1859, when he was on the stump, he came to the Wisconsin State Fair uh, and he gave the opening address. And he was so prescient in his comments, he basically mapped out what the Wisconsin idea would become. He extolled the virtues of what a state fair does, called us 
a uh, soon-to-be great state, because of course we had only become one in 1848, so he's speaking you know, just a decade later, uh, but he talked about how this is the place to meet people, this is the place to know your neighbor, and uh, there's no better endeavor than the labor of the land mixed with intellectual thought. So he was saying basically this is where the erudition of the mind comes together with things that you grow to help people. It's a really elegant speech and reading it, I mean, he was a great orator, but I get, as a guy who's into ag and food and things like that, I get goosebumps reading it because he so treasured what this state and what agriculture was about, but no surprise, he came from Illinois. Well, and so he made that speech at the Wisconsin State Fair. At the Wisconsin State Fair, and he starts out saying, I'm not going to tell you about farming because I'm not a farmer. And then the next two paragraphs, his stats on a bushel of wheat and a bushel of corn and how much you can grow are so spot on, you would think that he had 25 acres he was taking care of on his off time. <laughs> I mean, the man was a master. And I hear he was a huge cream puff fan. Well, <laughs> the cream puffs didn't come along until 1924. All right. So, yeah, we have to wait a little bit for the cream puffs. There's, there's, but it's worth the wait. Well, so, so let's jump around a little bit here and, and think about the fair today. And we're, we're recording it fairly early, so the, the number of people walking by, is uh, this is actually a very quiet time for the fair. But in general, how does the fair impact our view of agriculture? The people that come to this fair... How do they connect the stuff that the fair celebrates with the stuff that goes on outside the fairgrounds? Right. So I, I'm of the impression that there's really two fairs that go on. There are uh, farmers and their families that raise these incredible animals and, and bring them here on display in competition. And if you spend any time with them, they're not in the midway. They're not out eating cream puffs. They're, they're really managing their animals, tending to their livestock, and then getting them ready for competition. But they will spend all year or years preparing for this. So this is a really big deal for them. And this is a point of pride. To, to win that uh, accommodation is something no one can ever take away from you. And it's a mixture of art and science and love of the animal. And so who are they? Are they competing with each other? Are they hoping to impress each other? Or are they actually looking for markets? They're looking for markets, but they're competing against each other for the prize-winning animal. Yeah. Um, the, I know you're going to have another guest that talked about the uh, the governor's beef auction that happened last night, and that is a seminal event that, if you haven't gone to, just make a point next year because it's terrific. But these, I, I mean, I go to two fairs and I experience it two ways. One day I go f just for the animals and the majesty of what they are and the pride of the people that are raising them, which goes all the way back to the earliest days of humankind, right? And then I come another day and I just eat a lot of crazy food and go on the big <laughs> slide and, and do the sky glider. And that's a true fair experience too. Wisconsin foodie, you come for the crazy food. This, this seems counter to the foods that you celebrate on your show. Yeah, no question. No question. And I eat a lot of different things, and, it's, and I don't finish everything, and it seems a little, bit of waste, a little bit wasteful, but I look at this like one of the great bazaars, right? So you go to Morocco, you might sample a whole bunch of things if you're never going to go back. And you can't eat everything because you'd be stuffed by the third stall, but that's how I enjoy the state fair when I come for the food. So for the people who are not living in the country, people who don't, haven't mm -hmm. grown up on farms, uh, there are a lot of city folks and suburban folks who come to the fair. 
what do they get by seeing the majesty of the animals, by, by seeing the pride that farmers and, and, and animal husbandry folks have in, in the animals that they raise? Well, I think it brings us back to who we really are as a state. We've always been an agricultural state. We were a state almost entirely of wheat. Uh, Pre-Civil War, through the Civil War, we essentially saved the North with the wheat production that came out of Wisconsin and was shipped out through the Great Lakes and the rivers that were not blockaded and so forth. And because wheat is so depletive, um, really by the 1860s and 70s, in came the pigs and the cows. And when you think of the, like the, an the large animals of the globe, so you've got horses, you've got pigs, you've got cows, you've got lamb, and you've got sheep. We're pretty big in two, you could even argue three of those. Um, and by 1899, 90% of the farms in the state were dairy. So it was this incredible switchover. And if you're not in touch with that in your day-to-day -day life, maybe you're living in a suburb, what have you, and you don't exactly know where your food comes from, you come to the state fair and you're intimately acquainted with that. And you can talk to the people that raise the animals that feed your family. And the State Fair also had a role in helping pave roads, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's always been uh, this great blend of sort of political subterfuge. I mean, Taft came here with Do Doug LaFollette and things like that. There was a uh, adjunct professor, associate professor, University of Wisconsin, in the early days of their agriculture department in the early 19th, or excuse me, 20th century, who used his good roads bill or really introduced it to people in the state fair to try and change the legislature, convince them, because farmers had to keep up their own roads. And he said, well, we're the major industry in the state. I think the state could probably help with this. He ended up getting it passed in 1912, but that 1911 fair was, hello, everybody. <laughs> Let's think about the farmers. Uh, they're fixing their own roads and then feeding you along the way. You said something interesting earlier. Actually, you said a lot of interesting things <laughs> earlier, but uh, cream puffs actually have been a part of the equation here for almost 100 years. Almost 100 years, yeah. The Wisconsin Bakers Association, who have been making them. The building that you walk up to and into uh, now to get your cream puff, if you don't go to one of the ancillary stands or, um, you know, now you can just the, call the a drive number. The drive-through. The drive-through right? cream puff, yeah, exactly. A, a later innovation. But the building that you walk into where you can watch the cream puff production dates back to 1924, built by the Wisconsin Bakers Association, and incredible just from a culinary standpoint compared to other of it ilk, others of its ilk in the country, an incredible institution. Uh, and the numbers of the cream puffs, I don't have, they're just boggling. But yeah, they've been making them since 1924. It's, it's interesting because it kind of blows me away. In 1924, there may well have been hitching posts outside <laughs> the cream puff pavilion. The, the State Historical Society has got some incredible pictures on their website of the state fair through the years. And you see things like the American Telephone and Telegraph Company with a big banner that's kind of drooping because it was a windy day, uh, describing how you can talk to friends and relatives in the next state. Whoa, right? You know, <laughs> And have your cream puff. Yeah, and have your cream puff. This is new technology. Um, and the way that people, I mean, now we come comfortably in shorts and t-shirts and so on and so forth. Everybody dressed up. Uh, you wore a full suit. You wore a full dress. And you can't. You can't see this on the radio, but we are all in full suits. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Bonnie but is in an evening gown, but. Uh, <laughs> My point being that coming to the State Fair was much more of a, um, it wasn't a fine event, but it was much more of an occasion. 
and it was a celebration of the state's agriculture, and where you would see some acts and some other things that you wouldn't see anywhere else. It wasn't quite carnival, but it was something that you stepped up your game and you made a point to come to. That first one in 1851, I mean, now in Milwaukee, people know that when Harley-Davidson uh, comes in with their anniversary, people rent out their homes and hotels. It was the same thing in Janesville. People were renting out their barn lofts so that <laughs> guests could come to the original Wisconsin State Fair. We only have a few seconds left, Kyle, but what are your, what's your favorite thing to do when you come to the fair? Eat a cream puff, go in the big slide, visit the gorgeous animals. Do, do you have particular fair memories that when you, when you think of the, all the times you've been to the fair, like this was the time that, that it really was the fair? Uh, no, I mean, I have the time that a goat ate like a corner of my T-shirt without me knowing. Well, that's all right. Yeah, that's something, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, beyond that, I've got... And then once when we were filming Wisconsin Foodie, I had a cow back up on me as I was doing an intro, and that was neat, too. <laughs> well, Kyle Cherick, thank you so much. Happily, thank you. And stick around. We're going to have you back in a few minutes. I'm here. Kyle Cherick is the host of Wisconsin Foodie on PBS and a regular Lake Effect contributor. Thanks for being here, Kyle. We will take a short break and then we'll return by Dale Lighthizer, the state program director of 4-H. You are listening to Lake Effect at the State Fair on 89.7 WUWM. <laughs> 